All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Eugene. Hey, how's it going? Going good. So we had a pretty cool guest last um, last time, right, Terry? She's been amazing. Yeah, she was, she was pretty impressive. Her story was like weird and changing and almost like inspirational that a person can do that much stuff. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, her background. It's, you know, it's, she's done so many interesting things in the book and the accounting and the tech and pretty amazing. Yeah. And as far as like our topic goes, it's, it's very interesting to see that perspective and you could like feel how much accounting and bookkeeping and just tracking her personal and business situation plays in her life where with me, I spend almost no time thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that too. It um, kind of reminded me of my husband a little bit, you know, he's been um, keeping the records for us about 10 years ago, but for 17 years or so, which, you know, he's not an accountant or anything like that, which, it, which is interesting. And it doesn't take that much time once you get into the habit of it, I think. Yeah. And like for me, I think that I spend, well, I thought that I spend a lot of time knowing about my financial situation and tracking stuff in Mint and other apps. And I, I don't know, I spend maybe half an hour a day on my own finances and reading blogs and figuring out what sort of like pension thing I should do. But this just brings it to a whole new level. <laughs> Half an hour a day, that seems a lot. No. I mean, I like look through all of my accounts and then I check like the graphs in Mint and then once in a while I download like a new financial software app and, you know, play with that, eventually delete it. Uh, <laughs> I like signing I'd up for new accounts, like the new banks and stuff. <laughs> Why? It's it's The more banks you have, the more painful it is. I mean, Mint. Mint sort of keeps it together, and then I use a password manager, and I have like a banking folder, so I can see all of my stuff in one place. But I, my, I guess my situation is pretty simple, and I'm just playing with toys. Where for her, it seems like essential to the business that she knows all the moving parts. Yeah, that's. I was very impressed. I mean, and then she has some biotech background, and you do too, so you probably can relate to, to a lot of what she was talking about, right? Yeah, her consulting stuff is interesting. I could definitely relate to being frustrated and not having the the like the vision into how the company is doing for real and if you're going to be laid off because your position isn't important or maybe you're too expensive or maybe the company's pivoting and just wants to outsource. So being a consultant, Seems like a lot of stress based on the amount of financial forms and things she needs to keep track of. But having that stability and visibility, I find pretty appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's um, there's no one right solution. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this um, podcast to kind of bring both sides of the coin uh, on different topics kind of um, in different perspectives because it may or may not help folks like make a decision or at least understand what what's ahead kind of if they've made a decision, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I think it's that important to, yeah. a lot of it also, it sounds stressful and complicated when you look at it, but I'm sure that 
it all happened incrementally and it wasn't all dropped on her all at once. So like, I'm not intimidated that that could have just happened to me one day. I think that there were choices made little by little that she's able to keep in this, like all, all this information in her head and with her advisors and accountants and whoever else like helps her with business and personal stuff. But I think that this developed over like many years as opposed to all of a sudden, bam, you have to know everything. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And the, again, like my idea to like share the knowledge to do it in small be- uh, bits, bits, yes. Um, so that it, people can get the same experience without having to spend, you know, 20 years figuring it out kind of thing. Yeah, the different perspectives, like, it's interesting to hear talking about their lives and their situations, because I don't think people know very many different people in different situations. Most of the people I know are in a similar situation to me. Yeah, but then uh, in a couple of years, some of them will be taking a kind of a self-employed um step or leap or whatever. Um, and like all of these questions all of a sudden will become important. It just may happen at any point. Yeah. And that's where networking and then just basic research and keeping up with, I guess, kind of the world and what's out there and what's available to you and other people. But yeah, this was definitely interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not everybody has the ability to research like like you do. Like a lot of folks don't even know where to start. Like they start with Google, but then how do you like, and the great example of that is, you know, clients, my clients asking me, sending me different like newspaper articles and saying, well, how do I get my money? You know, with a stimulus package and everything. Did no, you seriously. tell them that they can't? <laughs> um. But I'm just saying, like, there's so many resource, uh, resources out there. I go by the government uh, website, the government announcements, like the coming from the actual government. Plus, there are a couple of, you know, a handful of professionals that are known for kind of um, explaining the legal language, explaining the concepts, um, tax concepts in, you know, in plain English, kind of, but they're almost like an authoritative value. Um, but that's about it. I don't read any articles in the newspapers because all they do, they're journalists. They're not accountants. They can't dissect and provide any type of um, specifics or mechanics of how do I do it. Okay, yes, uh, let's say the stimulus package was approved. How do I do it? Nobody knows because it's not out yet. And But people keep, you know, like asking and sending me stuff like, you know what I mean? So I feel it's the same thing in like research and and stuff. You Google, but then you start finding all of these resources and like, What's next? What's, you know, like, what's the next step? Right. And journalists and newspapers and blogs, they they sort of report on what's going on. But then when you actually go about, like, applying, there has to be a form. And I guess the application would be, in a way, more simple because the government has to publish a form that somehow you have to fill out, Right. Yeah, but first they have to create the form. (laughs) Right. And like, I'm not really worried. And like that feeling of being overwhelmed with all this information and you hear different things on the news because every day the situation is changing drastically. So I'm sort of just waiting for the form. 
<laughs> well, you're not, um, you, don't, you don't need any forms because you're just going to get a stimulus check. But, and this episode will air obviously in May when all of this hopefully is over, but you'll just get a stimulus check. And I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of Facebook lives to kind of update folks, everybody, anybody who, who wants to know um, on the specifics, because there's a lot of general information going around, but no specifics. Um, so you'll just get a stimulus check, but folks who are business owners, they will, there are a couple of loans that are, I prefer more because they give you a much better benefit. Um, so the, I just talked to a business banker, for example, yesterday, and he said, well, now that it was just passed, it's going to take banks a few weeks to create application processes because you're going to apply through, um, 7A lenders, which are banks that are approved by the SBA. Um, SBA is a small business administration. So it will take them, he said, at least a week or two or three to figure out the application process. <laughs> yeah. So it's not yeah. it's not that simple. You know, it's not that quick. But people expect like today, like I want it today. People expect a lot, but I guess they haven't gone about thinking what the actual steps need to be. And there's a lot of hype right now, but ask any individual person right now what's the next step you could do sure you can call your bank you can call your business partner but if there's no form if there's no application process there's just nothing you can do and you just got to wait till those forms and more information are available yeah anyway so back to kind of our um tax topic the conversation was great, and I feel like we can, um, we should summarize the the kind of the three episodes that we've had, and kind of talk about what our recommendations are from both yours and my perspective. Sure. Um, what do you think? Yeah, and for me, the summary is almost boring. That you should do what's best for you, and you kind of know. In most situations, what's good for you? You don't need to have a lawyer, an accountant, a financial planner, all these like sophisticated sort of forms and structures if you don't have that. And I feel like once you go into the the small businesses, the the renting, the employing a nanny, those things aren't overly complicated and you handle them like one by one and don't stress too much. I do think that there is value in maybe going in to like a bank or some sort of financial institution and, and maybe doing like one of those free consultations just to make sure that you're not missing something, you know, major. But like, I don't see my, my situation being, terribly different if i used an accountant to do my taxes or financial planning than just me doing my own research and doing what's available because that's all through work and there's not there's not that much variety i guess on purpose yeah yeah i agree you don't need an accountant honestly uh, even like you mentioned the next year you may you know get someone but I'm a little upset that it's not going to be me, but uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> my feelings got hurt a little bit. But hey, hold um, on. You said that you don't want any more simple returns. And that's true. I do want to, on a personal note, once I pay back my student loans, I do want to 
like diversify somehow. And I don't super know how to do that other than like 401k. And then the equivalent (laughs) would be what, like an IRA. So that's, that's one more thing I can do. But you can have both with your income level. Well, good thing I found out, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not planning on doing anything, but in the future, next year or two years from now, I will be looking for some sort of, I guess, financial planning to see where I, where I would like to go in the next five, ten years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm available. Yeah, um, for sure. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be a but separate podcast. Right. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, um, you're absolutely correct. You don't even need an accountant next year. Um, for sure. Like as soon as your life gets a little bit more complicated, once your loans are paid off and you have money, disposable income to invest and, you know, kind of diversify, like you said, then you may benefit from talking to someone and just kind of, um, um, getting someone to just have a second set of eyes or whatever. Yeah, and again, if I spend half an hour a day sort of researching and figuring out where I am and where I want to be, I think I'm already doing quite a bit of work in that department. And it would be nice to get some validation that, yeah, I'm on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. I have clients who do that. A couple of clients who are serial investors or whatever, or serial entrepreneurs slash investors, meaning that they're they're not okay with just having a job and a and income. They want like they want to make money, not earn money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know it sounds weird, but anyway. So yes, yeah, so they that's exactly. So I have them on like a plan, um, monthly plan where they can um, call me anytime and ask me run their ideas by me, and you know I give give them advice and kind of pros and cons and stuff, and then they make a decision, or like I would advise them against something specific but the decision is ultimately theirs. I've had a client who was doing his own research um, last year, uh, like that, the client like that, and uh, he ended up losing a ton of money on the stock market. Um, so be careful with that. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to like start buying single stocks or doing some sketchy like futures trading or something. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, it, it's just so much easier doing the index funds. I don't know. It is. It is. And uh, historically, I think they're they're talking more and more about the fact that it's actually, um, what's the word? It's actually, they actually perform better, other index funds, than uh, like even a hedge fund manager performance in terms of like the return. Yeah, that whole Warren Buffett million dollar deal. I'm not familiar with that. Like Warren Buffett had a, it was like a bet with some hedge fund guy for a million dollars that the S&P 500 will outperform their oh. best and like it did barely yeah oh, and okay. again even if it's just barely outperforming the amount of time and effort and stress i would i would put in like picking stocks and reading financial reports and i don't believe that for me there'll be like a positive correlation of research and me buying single stocks and income that i generate as opposed to just throwing it into some S&P 500 fund. I agree. I agree. I'm, it's much more diversified and it's much, I mean, yes, everything now is falling, but it's going to bounce right back, just like it did from tw- um, 2008 crisis. So 
I mean, it's just, it takes so, so, so much less time to manage something like that. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking to add like financial report reader to my resume. <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. It isn't easy. I mean, if you looked at any of the financial statements ever, they're like over a hundred pages long. Some are like much more than a hundred. Some are like a couple of hundred pages long, and the actual financials are maybe four pages. Yeah, I don't want that. I actually just had a client recently ask me to like, you know, about where do you find financials. Um, like, where do you find a balance sheet in the financial statements? I'm like, well, it's within the financial statements. You know, there's a lot of text. There's management representations. There, there's all of that stuff. There's man, um, management notes or whatever um, at the end. Um, but the actual financials, like, and there's stuff, there's stuff on there that you may not understand that, you know, like, there are, like, heavy accounting concepts, like stock buy buybacks and stuff like that. So this client of mine was asking me questions about it just just like yesterday, and um, and I was like, well, do you wanna do you want me to like go over this with you? Like you know, like do a demo and stuff. He was like, yeah. No, so there like are send people him a invest Wikipedia link or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listen, I'm here to help, so it's my um, obligation to, to serve, but. It is complicated stuff, and it's not for as much as SEC has tried over the years, over the decades, to make it so that an average investor or an average savvy person can uh, comprehend. There's a lot of stuff that you need very specified knowledge um, on in terms of the financial statements. Yeah, so I'm not quite there yet. Well, you should do some research. <laughs> got games to play, got things to do. <laughs> <laughs> well games are good um you know there are contests for some games and you can w win like millions of dollars in prizes um different podcast but i'm not going to be doing that <laughs> why not the amount of time it takes to get good at games to the level where you're competing is is not something i'm interested in I want to play a game, have fun, go through this, the storyline, the game mechanics. I don't want to become an expert in that one game. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Well, the reason I brought it up is just if you win a prize, you need an accountant. I'm not planning on winning any prizes. <laughs> Fine. I'm just going well, to write my terrible Java's code and... <laughs> just hope for the best <laughs> well if you were to win a prize um you could invest the money into something stocks you know index funds whatever um and then you would definitely need an accountant to help you manage the tax liabilities hmm. <laughs> so it is relevant to the topic no for sure i i i could imagine people being i guess i'm going to use ambitious and I don't know. I guess I'm just more lazy and not lazy as in I don't want to put in the time. Lazy as in I'm I'm selectively being lazy in things that I'm not super passionate about. And I don't want to do something just because I can. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So Fair like enough. selective about what I invest my time in, even if that thing, like my games 
is obviously a time sink and there's no like payback but like whenever i meet a person that plays a similar game or the same game i i find that super rewarding and uh, i don't know I, I don't think that i'm wasting my time in like a detrimental way why can't you develop a game like build a game um i mean think about how you would go about doing that you would have to have a storyline and then you would have to have like the art for the game like all of the the actual images graphics graphics and the motions and animations and then you'd have to have all the sounds and then the actual game engine like are you moving around is there physics is there logic how do you like do you get items do you there's like different kinds of games so you can have inventory how do you keep it how do you get it can you upgrade stuff so there's a lot of sort of logic that you have to work out and then putting it all together marketing and like the distribution is another thing so game companies are like real company companies where a bunch of people get together to do one thing and sure yeah I could make a game and it could be good or bad or simple or complicated. But I don't think that's like my skill set. And I've made little games. I've made little, like I've watched tutorials that walk you through building like seven games in this one framework. And it's fine. I could, I could like do it, but it's a different thing than... (laughs) playing a game sort of like if you like coffee you can just go to a coffee shop you don't have to own the coffee shop you can just have a thing that you do you don't have to also make that be your job <laughs> that's a great analogy i love that there you go you can have that one for I thought free you were gonna say, <laughs> i thought you were gonna say you know if you like coffee you don't have to own the coffee machine <laughs> but you actually said, said own a coffee shop <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that is something that I'm trying to figure out. What what do I want to be my job and what do I just like doing? And I think coffee and video games, for me personally, are in that that space that I could very easily see myself being a coffee shop owner, making a game, making a bunch of games, because I have some basic skill set in programming, so I could I could hack something together. But I think games aren't about programming. I think games are about the storytelling, the art, the design decisions, the game mechanics, much more so than, you know, how do you add one to this counter? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Storytelling is probably one of the most powerful things there is. Yeah. And I don't think I do that. I'm more Mm, of a... I mean, my my job is to take an already defined thing and just, well, at work, make sure it works and then figure out how to like get there. Not so much develop a new idea. It's someone has an idea. How do I make it happen? Mm-hmm. Like CEO okay. versus COO. And I well, fall much both. more on the COO side, I think. It can be both. Sure. 
but I'm also much more interested in how you do stuff than what you're doing, mm. which could be a problem on my hand, but I think we also need people that focus on process, focus on how to practically get things done and not really worried about what we're doing to to some, you know, practical level. Obviously, you have to know the business, the the customers and all that. Well, something for you to sort of think about, I think. I mean, it could be a potential, um, what's the word? Business, you know, having coffee shop with uh, some proprietary games and stuff. Why not? Yeah, one of the... One of the people I follow, they opened up a game cafe in Chicago. And now they're obviously just doing takeout. But it's a cool idea where you have, you know, good food. And then someone like the server comes over and explains to you how to play a game. And you play with your family or the people you're like eating with. So that's like a, that's a cool idea. But that guy, he's like a game designer. So he he's coming at it from the game design side and I don't, I don't like have those inclinations. Hmm. Well, maybe it's something that you will have. Maybe you don't have it now, but something to look into and, or look forward to whatever. Yeah. And when I do, I'll have to have tax forms and accountants and (laughs) stuff. Yeah. You will have to have an entity, but One point that I want to kind of finish up with is um, now that I've mentioned entities, I just had a conversation with a client, which is why it's been kind of top of mind for me. Um, It's easy to start a business. Like it's easy to start an entity. It's very simple. You can do it on your own, et cetera. But the most important and critical decision from a tax perspective is what kind of entity you set up. Because a lot of attorneys recommend LLCs but at the same time, from a tax perspective, it's one of the worst options, um, you know, for for someone who's starting out. I mean, for someone who um, who has a business. Um, so, what I want to kind of um, finish with is, um, if you find yourself, you know, like you, Eugene, kind of starting something at any point in the future, um, don't let. Google research, um, dictate what entity you should be, (laughs) um, and kind of invest a a little money and a little kind of time into determining what's the appropriate entity or multiple entities for you. I mean, personally, I, I think that I'm the kind of person that would spend the time to figure that all out. And that would most likely stop me from actually doing the business, I would be perfectly satisfied figuring out which entity I would have needed to do for the business that I would have done. And once I figured that out, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to go back and do nothing. (laughs) Where I think people that are more driven to actually do a business, they don't really care. They just want to do the quickest, easiest thing and go on and do their idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my book, I talk about the fact that you don't need to really form an entity right away necessarily, but I like this client that I talked to yesterday, prospective client, um, they 
the reason that they want an entity is because they're signing contracts and they don't want to sign contracts as individuals for liability purposes. They want to sign it as a, you know, as officers of this entity or whatever. So it, you know, it's something just to keep in mind. Yeah. I won't be, I won't be signing any contracts. Sorry. (laughs) No prizes, no contracts, no S corps. I'll let you know if it changes. <laughs> well, with that, um, I think we can um, kind of um, conclude this topic of having an accountant versus doing it on your own. And we'll see you next month. Yeah, see you.